How many people say, I want to write a book one day? It's on so many of our bucket lists. And let's be honest, when we think about actually going ahead to do that work, it can seem like such a massive task, almost impossible. Many writers take years and years to get a book written and out into the world. In this episode, we're exploring the topic of bravery. What happens when you're called to write about something that's super personal to you and how do you actually go about doing that? We're going to talk to someone who didn't only just pour their heart and soul out into a memoir, they also managed to do it in six months. Don't go anywhere. If you're trying to promote your brand but stuck finding the right words, this is the podcast for you. Get your weekly inspiration on all things storytelling, creativity, branding, and so much more. I share inspiring stories, as well as tips and tricks on how to make your words work out in the world. And if you like free stuff, I've got you covered there too. Head to therightremark.com to steal my marketing secrets. You're listening to The Right Remark Podcast. Hi guys, and welcome to episode three of The Right Remark Podcast. I'm your host, Vanessa Barrington. Today, I'm going to be talking to a very special woman, Tina Bruce. Tina and I initially met through a mutual friend and then quickly I started working with Tina to help her birth her very first book last year. Tina is an author, a yoga teacher, a medical intuitive and a retreat leader. Tina's story is absolutely amazing. She became a mother of two in the space of one year. Her entry into motherhood was marked by a very rapid return to work, which followed with burnout, getting shingles, and then developing an opioid addiction to manage the subsequent chronic pain condition that she got following that shingles. Her first book, Mother's Medicine, The Birth of My Intuition, is a memoir about that experience. Tina now uses her own experience to assist other mothers to uncover and release subconscious fears that drain their energy and prevent them from reaching their full potential. She regularly hosts yin yoga classes and spiritual retreats, and today she also offers private one-on-one coaching as an intuitive guide. This woman is incredible, and she has got such an incredible story to share. Now, I can't wait to introduce you to her, but before I do, if you love this episode, please don't forget to like it, rate it, and review it on your podcast app. And if you know someone that's, that you think would love this episode too, please do share the love and share it with them. Tina, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on and talk to me as one of my first guests today on the Right Remark podcast. Oh, I'm so excited. Thank you for inviting me. This has been much anticipated to have this chat with you. Oh, you're most welcome. Tina, you went through some incredible experiences over the last 12 months. And even before that, your story is absolutely amazing. And as I know very closely, some of the experiences that you went through prior to releasing your book really pushed you to reconnect in with your intuition and foster that self-acceptance and self-healing and then ultimately transformation. And I was wondering if you'd be happy to quickly share a little bit for those who are listening in, what happened exactly? I suppose this book really came about as a result of my intuition. (laughs) It was really a calling, I suppose. I had to put all my personal agenda aside. To be honest, I've never had aspirations to be a writer. It was more the case of the fact that I was walking around with this story inside of me that really wanted to be expressed. And 
it came about in a way through my body because I was ignoring this call for so long that I was I felt myself getting more tired and lethargic and and even sick to the point where I had to give in to it and say okay okay I'm here what do you want to write through me and that was the very beginning of the process of this book so it really was a um an, an unplanned evolution for those people that are listening that haven't read your book, Mother's Medicine, The Birth of My Intuition, can you share a little bit of insight about what the book is about? Sure. It really is a memoir, um, which includes some of my yoga teacher reflection in it as well. So you could probably call it a teaching memoir, but it's basically a book about my journey of motherhood through um, what starts as a very traumatic birth. And then it evolves into a burnout period, a chronic pain condition, an opioid addiction to painkillers. And then finally, through the rock bottom comes the the transformation on the other side. But it goes through that real archetypal journey of moving through pain and trauma and coming out the other side with I suppose, the lessons and how we awaken through some of our hardest moments. The birth, which is in chapter one, really is the instigator for the whole entire book. When I had my first child 10 years ago, Layla, she she didn't want to come out naturally and it ended up being an emergency C-section. And unfortunately (laughs) for me, the um, epidural failed and I ended up feeling the entire procedure and the surgery and that in itself was then the catalyst for everything that moving forward throughout the whole book that tells the story that as women we often have these traumas that awaken us into motherhood and and how that affects us. Such an and even you know hearing you talk about what the book is about today, even though I've been so close to it over the last 12 months or so. Such an incredible story and so deeply personal on so many levels. And I guess, and one of the reasons, and thank you so much for being here today and talking to me about this and sharing so openly. But one of the things I really wanted to ask you about is where does the bravery come from? How did you get to a point, you know, you went through this horrific experience to then get to this point where you were called to write about it. I know. The bravery, oh, my God, it was just, it, I felt like I didn't have a choice, to be honest. It's funny that good storytelling always comes through vulnerability and and bravery and that fear that rises in us when we are emotionally exposing ourselves is so real and can be so gripping. And it's the reason why so many people don't engage with the creative process because that fear of being seen is terrifying. And I felt it like you wouldn't believe, but there was a point where my intuition, it was so strong that if I wasn't going to reveal this story, if I wasn't going to reveal the truth, that actually having that bottled up inside of me was making me ill. Like when you have 
all of this truth inside of you and you don't express it, then there's something that's going to come as a great cost. And generally that cost is your health. So that bravery was about working with the fear and understanding that fear, you need to almost run towards it rather than hide away from it and ignore it. So, I mean, I was running away and numbing myself from fear for so long, which is what I talk about in the book when I was addicted to painkiller medication. It was a numbing. It was a self-medicating. It was really resisting was a deep-seated fear of my own self-acceptance and who I really was and expressing this story and being my true self. So that bravery is like, it's an invitation, really. Well, I think, yeah, it's incredible that you faced into that. And certainly as a writer myself, and I've read so much, particularly Elizabeth Gilbert comes to my mind as well and how she talks about fear and Julia Cameron in the artist way and that facing into that fear and doing it anyway. It's such a huge part of the creative process. But writing a book in a six-month period, right? So let's talk about that because you kind of just push that baby out. It's less than a birth of a baby, honey. So I have never met anybody who's been able to write a book in six months. Can you share a little bit about where that began? Okay. Well, firstly, let me just say that I didn't do it on my own. I did it with you, my darling. And I had a lot of support from you as what my, I affectionately call you as my book doula, <laughs> that we really grew this baby together and delivered her in a short time frame with that support. Now, the process itself, I think I remember saying to you, hey, Vanessa, I want to write a book. <laughs> Our very first meeting in the cafe, having a cup of coffee was like, I have this story I want to write. And your reaction was, that's great. Go and explore that and then come back to me when you've got some something to show for it. Yeah, I remember we were sitting in that cafe and you saying to me, yes, I want to write a book. That's right. And I had no idea how to write a book or how to even begin. And when I asked you, what do I do now? You said, just go home and write and start writing. And the the process began and I said, okay, so I did. And it was scary and fun and all-consuming as well as being quite deeply spiritual as an experience. Went away and I wrote my first 10,000 words and, and then I called you and said, hey, I've got something to show you. And you took it on and your feedback was, that's great, keep writing. And then the, <laughs> the point in our journey together at that beginning moment was we did, I remember you saying, let's book in a workshop where we can sit down together and plan out the bones of the story and the structure of the chapters and everything. So that whole day we had together was just magical. And I remember when we were sitting up in my little loft at home and we had like a thousand post notes on the wall and we'd mapped out the structures, the chapters, and then we had a whole lot of ideas and we just wrote. And then the exercise that you gave me, which I thought was really powerful, was you asked me to write down every memory I could think of within 15 minutes 
from my childhood, from anything, like anything that came up to into my consciousness to write it down and not edit it or judge anything, um, but just really go for it. And we did that. I couldn't believe some of the stuff that came up and a lot of it, which was deeply personal, ended up going in the book and you looked at it and you, you said afterwards, oh, that part about your dad dying, that has to go in the book and this part, that has to go in the book. And so it's so surprising that when you really go into your soul, I don't think it's a process that you should do unescorted. I think having someone like you as really like a coach or a mentor to guide you through that process is really important because as human beings, like we're pretty complicated. And now when you write memoir, you're writing memory. So you're bringing up past experiences. And a lot of those past experiences, we bury down in our subconscious and they, they want to come up to be seen. That's a process that needs to be witnessed by another human. And you were really that person for me. You were like that mirror. And it was lovely. And I just, yeah, wanted to say thank you. I've shared very openly with you, Tangs, and I'm happy to do that with all those listening here today, that way back in that cafe when you first came to me, because at that point in time, I had certainly helped people publish their books, I should say, and edit their books, but I'd never helped anyone through the process from scratch. So I was kind of like, oh, cool, you want to write a book? Yep, great, send me the manuscript when you're done and I'll edit it. (laughs) And you're like, no, no, you're going to help me write it. And I'm like, oh, I think I can do that. And I was quite, I'll be really honest, I was quite hesitant at that point. I'm thinking, I can help people edit and I understand the structure of stories, but how the hell am I going to do this? And then when you sent me that first eight or 10,000 words, I remember sitting on the couch in our home and my husband was in the kitchen. I remember it so clearly and I was sitting there with your manuscript. I printed it all out and I'm reading it. And it was really what would become chapter one of the book at that point. So it was about your birth, a trauma that you went through. And I was just sitting there and tears were just streaming down my face. And I remember Nick kind of peeking his head, my husband peeking his head out of the kitchen and going, are you okay? What's going on? And I was like, and I was crying because your words moved me so much. But I was also crying because I knew that I was also having to have a bit of a acknowledgement through that process that I was going to help you write that damn book because you had a story to tell and it just kind of flowed from there. But even that workshop we did together, it's funny. And even now working with other book clients, when I go into those workshops, I have some sense of what we're going to go through together, but, but often not. And even that exercise you just talked about, I didn't even remember us doing that. It just comes in very automatically in a way that sometimes I'm not even expecting it to and it's so individual for every person depending on what kind of story they've got to tell so it's such a unique process isn't it it's so unique and it's such an awakening process and it's it is really creativity it has like a birth canal and your spirit is so intimately connected with it because your spirit is what contains the inspiration and the words and the language and the stories. It has to pass through. I like to call them like there's seven gates or subconscious fears that humans have 
that it needs to get through in order to be birthed all the way through to the physical plane and it gets pulled through like a golden thread from through the crown of your head all the way through your body and you've got to get through every one of those fear obstacles in order to make it real and to transform it from just an idea or an inspiration into an actual physical thing and that journey is just so wild and that's how you become spiritually awakened through the creative process because you have to face every fear that you have about yourself along the way like I'm not good enough or so it's fantastic to do that with a guide yeah <laughs> and I loved being that guide for you well you nicknamed me book doula now so I think I've got a, another title to add to my name I don't know so you know we talked a lot about during that process there was lots of you writing and me sending you off to write some more and then you'd come back with more words and I'd send you off again. At what point during that process, which may have been frustrating, I don't know, did you know that this was something that was going to become a reality and that you you were going to share this with the world? I remember just writing the first chapter and that was enough for me to know that this was actually going to happen because it took me so long to get to writing the first chapter to actually sitting down and I wrote it by hand. I didn't type it. I was actually on a yoga retreat and I, um, and I was in this very fortunate circumstances where I had five uninterrupted days to do it and it was enough energetically to get me into the space to go, okay, Tina, this is game on. You're writing this, you're doing it. And as soon as that first chapter just poured out of me so fast that it became real from then, that from the get-go, it was, okay, this is really, this is happening. And I came home from that retreat and I remember saying to Ollie, my husband, hey, babe, I think I'm going to write a book. I've just started writing. And he said, that's great. Can you pass the salt? And I was like... Oh, you know, when you get, you want your loved ones and those people to support you. And whenever you start something like this, you think you're going to get validation. Well, let me tell you, you're not. You, no one's going to like do it for you. No one's going to be your, the person that says, okay, you can do this. I believe you because it's just such a personal experience that it has to come from you. And it wasn't until I actually finished the damn book that he said, oh, wow, you've written a book, um, that he acknowledged it. Um, but, yeah, that's, it's often the case in the, at the very beginning when we play around with a project or creating something or writing something that we look outside of ourselves for validation and every time your intuition tells you, uh-uh, just go inside, go within, this is your journey you do it and and then be open to it. And I think also when you're putting yourself in, out there in, in that way, it would be easy to do that too, like such a personal story that you were sharing. At, during that time when you were talking about chatting with Ollie about it and even as it got closer to the time of publishing, what was the greatest fear, if there was any, that came up for you as you got closer to the publishing stage? It was about being seen and to be honest, at that point closer to publication, we ended up changing the entire book cover and scrapping it because the book cover initially didn't have my face on it. It had a beautiful graphic and the title but 
I was looking at it and thinking, I'm still hiding. Where's my face? And we came to that conclusion that because the contents of the book are so powerful that I needed to put my face on the cover. So we changed that. And from the moment I did that, I felt very strong inside that I actually don't give a damn what anyone thinks of, of me now that I've decided that I'm, going, I'm releasing this story, but I do care about a handful of people's opinions. And those people were, you know, my nearest and dearest. It was my husband, my sister, my mum and my best friend. And as long as they all read the manuscript before anyone else and we had the conversations that we needed to have and, and I shared that experience with them before releasing it to the public, that was the most important to me and probably the scariest part of the process, to be honest, when the people that you love the most, their opinions matter to you. And it was just those four people who I really cared about that brought up the biggest fears. And then, of course, their responses were all, wow, like, thank you, thank you. And it helped heal a lot of things in my family as well with the women in my the bravery that you showed. Yeah, and also sharing my nan's story, I think, was really potent and special for my mother to read. To have the courage to do that on her behalf was quite special and it helped to heal a lot of things in our family line. Your nan was with us the whole time through that writing and publishing process, wasn't she? Oh, yeah. Nan was so determined to be involved if she couldn't be in person she could be there in spirit and I think it was even the day of the book launch that she passed away at age 101 mind you an amazing life but she passed away two hours before the book launch and I know it was because she just wanted to fly down here and be there and be close to me Absolutely, 100%. I felt exactly the same. I remember looking at you on that evening and we had that beautiful event at Park and you came in and said, my nan's passed. And I was just like, oh, my goodness, because she'd been such an intricate and prevalent part through so much of that storytelling process. Yeah. In terms of now, it's 12 months on, What's it like today? There might be people listening that have dreamt of writing a book or have got it on their bucket list or maybe it's not even a book. Maybe it's some sort of creative something they want to release into the world. What do you know now that you wish someone had told you at the beginning of that journey? Wish I didn't get so hooked with trying to get an official publisher. I invested a fair amount of energy into trying to get the manuscript published by an official publishing house. And, and I think ideally people, we want to do that. We want to be taken on by a big company so that our story can get and reach as many people as possible. However, self-publishing was the right path for me in the end. And especially for your first book, if you're thinking about writing your first book, I feel like your energy is so much better directed at backing yourself and engage and just staying with the creative process and being open to miracles. And since publishing the book a year ago, I've so many doors have opened and people that I've met 
not necessarily in publishing, but my my dharma or my purpose from this book is to actually teach the contents of it. And more and more I'm being connected with opportunities to teach intuition and to tell the story more so than trying to bash my head up against a wall and get my foot in the door through a publishing house. And I think what we need to remember and what I wish I knew was that to surrender a little bit and know that, you know, we can all publish our own books. Self-publishing, it's a very powerful tool. So not to be afraid of, of that. Absolutely. And it does, it puts the power in your own hands in a lot of ways. Yeah, definitely. Tina, we've been on such an incredible journey together. I can't believe it's been 12 months since we or you birthed that baby. And it's been such a pleasure to share it with you. I've got such special memories of that time and that book always means so much to me. So thank you for that. And thank you for coming on the show today to talk to me. Oh, my God. Vanessa, I think you're incredible with the work that you do and it's it's a real gift and I'm I'm thinking okay when's my second baby going to be due just so I can work with you again and and we can do it all (laughs) over again (laughs) so there is a a book number two in the wings I just um yeah at some point it will be awesome to do it all over again um yeah it's been beautiful I'd love to baby number two let's do it For those of you listening, Tina's first book, Mother's Medicine, The Birth of My Intuition, is available to purchase at tinabruce.com.au. You can also grab a copy via Amazon and iBooks. Next episode, we are going to be talking about getting comfortable in front of the camera and how to nail your personal brand through photography. If you're like me and you don't like getting your photograph taken, this is the episode for you. I'm going to be sitting down with one of the best personal branding photographers in the business to talk about how to get that perfect shot that really represents the true essence of who you are. You don't want to miss this episode, guys, so make sure you tune in next week. Also, I just wanted to take the opportunity to say a huge thank you for the enormous response with my podcast launch last week. I am so grateful to all of you for supporting me. If you haven't already, please make sure you jump onto the rightremark.com and sign up for my mailing list so you can be notified when new episodes are coming out. And also, please jump onto iTunes and subscribe and rate my podcast. Thank you, everyone, for your support and for tuning in. I'll talk to you next week.